0: Welcome to Seen and Heard in Edmonton, the podcast about bloggers and podcasters in the capital city of Alberta. I'm your host, Karen Unland, and joining me today are the men known as Shorts and Bagged Milk, co-hosts of the hockey podcast North by North Gretz, and vital parts of the great machine known as Oilers Nation and the Nation Network. Thanks for letting me come and talk to you today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. This episode of Seen and Heard in Edmonton is brought to you by Alberta Beer Festivals, producers of the Edmonton Craft Beer Festival, coming up on June 3rd and 4th, and you'll hear more about that later in the show. All right, guys, some of my listeners might inexplicably not know what Oilers Nation is, so let's start there. How do you describe
1: this thing? Oilers Nation is a fan blog um, where we talk about the Oilers, We uh, create a lifestyle around what it means to be an Oilers fan, and we break down every element of the game from the roster to the coaching to what's going on in the NHL. You name it, we'll cover it if it's Oilers-related.
0: And then it's connected to a whole other thing called the Nation Network. What belongs to the Nation Network?
1: The Nation Network is a group of... Uh, Sports sites, mostly hockey. Um, We've got the 10 sites in the network now. We just added Jays Nation, if you're a Jays fan and want to listen to that. We have uh, BlueJaysNation.com. Essentially, we aim to create one of the biggest blogger platforms for hockey and sports in Canada, and we're doing that. We've got everything from your Canadian teams covered, uh, apart from the Sens and Montreal. Sorry, Canadians and... Sense fans. We've got uh, fantasy hockey. We've got hockey fights. We've got all the cap info you need. So we're essentially just a one-stop shop for all things hockey.
0: It's amazing what has been built over how long has this been going?
1: Uh, Oilers Nation launched in November of 2007. Yeah.
0: It's a huge success story in Edmonton blogging, I would say. What do you think accounts for it?
2: Passionate fan base, for one. I mean, even though the team has been really bad for close it in on probably a decade now uh people still want their oiler news people still want their oiler opinions so it's just been a constant stream of uh of support over the years it's been crazy and it's just yeah like you said it just keeps growing and growing every year
0: um so how do you quantify how big you guys are do you have like a like how many people belong to the nation how many what how do you quantify that
1: uh, we, would, we would quantify it. Uh, most likely, would be the easiest way would be by page views. So, how many times our pages are refreshed by readers? So, in the course of a year, the Nation Network will get 75 million page views. Oilers Nation itself gets millions of page views a month. So, it's uh, it's very popular and it's only growing despite, like Gene Short says, the lack of success for the team. <laughs>
0: I, was, I will talk to you about that later. But first of all, what is so? When did you guys join uh, Oilers Nation?
2: Uh, I started. What was that? October of 2014. I think. Yeah, as a full time. Yep. Yeah. yeah, the year. Yeah, the year before the Conor McDavid year. I started full time.
1: We had both been commenters on the website since its inception, really. Probably we found it around 2008, I would guess. And then we were just regulars. We once upon a time wrote a weekly feature for Oilers Nation. And then as time continued, uh, roles grew for us. And we came on full time. I've been on two and a half years now, full time working here.
0: So what was the turning point between like participant and, hey, let's put you on the payroll?
1: Uh, Honestly, just being good at what we do. We After we started our own blog, Once Upon a Time is at jeanshortsandbagmilk.com, They our bosses kind of looked at that and saw that there was an opportunity to get some like-minded writers on the site, and our features went over well, and it, the relationship just grew from
2: there.
0: I got to ask about the aliases. So, (laughs) why are you called
2: that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Hindsight being 2020. Um, Well, when we started our own blog, um, blogs had just started to become kind of a a thing, like really a really well known mainstream thing. And I just found that every blog I stumbled upon had a really silly name that was trying to be too cute by half almost, like arsenic and peppermint and all these like weird (laughs) random things. So, we just thought. Like, what are the two most random dumb things we can jam together? And Gene, we came up with Gene Shorts and Bag Milk. And then Bag Milk, uh, he was on a, a corporate path in, uh, in Ford at the time. So he kind of wanted to keep his an, 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 an anonymity. He wanted to, he wanted to keep himself under wraps. So he's, he uh, floated the idea that we each choose one to be our pseudonym. And then here we are. We're, we're, like, little did we know that almost a decade later we'd be known professionally as Gene <laughs> Shorts and Bag <laughs> Milk. We definitely would have come up with something much cooler. <laughs> yeah, I mean. For thinking of the two most ridiculous things we could possibly think of at the time, and I think we did a pretty good job. And <laughs> we nailed it. We definitely nailed it.
0: <laughs> no one else has that. No, so there's no. That. no, it's very no, that's true. <laughs> why? Why keep it? Why? What's the benefit for you to be known as those personas?
1: At this point, it's almost like a, a marketing tool for us, where it's we've created our own brand within these names that we made up as you know in our early 20s, and then from there. There's no, there's no real reason to get rid of it at this point.
2: Yeah, and going back to why the website continues to be so popular, um, there's definitely a sense of community there in the, in the, especially in the Oilers part of the, uh, the blogosphere, as they call it. So, yeah, we've just been kind of been known by these two names for, for a long time now. So there's no real point. People know us by that. People, we've, uh, like, like he said, we kind of branded ourselves as these, these characters online. So there's no, you know, there's no real point in changing them now. Too, right. <laughs> too, too far gone to go back. <laughs>
0: So before we get to the podcast, what's your day-to-day work like here today? I'm going to guess that it's different every day, but what are you guys doing most of the time?
1: For myself, I manage uh, OilersNation.com. So I would say about 80% of the articles that go up on the website I've touched in one way or another, whether it's adding pictures or just checking things in or if somebody needs... A table thrown into their article, I'll do that for them. So that takes up a good chunk of my time as well as I write on the website as well. Um, I have a quota that I fill, so I have to make sure I do that. As well as we do manage um, things like social media for outside companies as well. So I manage um, what that looks like and what the companies, what we're doing for those companies, the contest, the promo, how we speak to the public on their behalf and uh, mix that all in with the hockey stuff as well so every day really is different
2: yeah, my main responsibilities are mostly just uh, producing video and photography content for the website. So, for instance, today um, I launched our first of a uh, series of videos. Uh, they're like campaign videos for Connor McDavid to win the Collar Trophy. So, I launched the first one of one. that. We've got a few more of those coming down the pipe pretty soon. And then uh, my other big responsibility is running hockeyfights.com, the NHL side of it. And I also do the social media for that. So, uh, yeah, just put out f- uh, photos and videos on the Instagram every day and get people excited about that.
0: So then, as if you weren't busy enough, you guys launched a podcast this year. Yep. So why did you do that?
1: We always kind of wanted to do one. We've always thought that everyone was entitled to our
2: opinion. This is the same <laughs> reason we started the blog, too, in the first place.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, for us, it's a lot of fun to just, the three of us get to hang out. Myself, Gene Shorts, and Chris, we get to hang out every week, talk about pop culture or hockey or whatever matters to us, and people seem to be enjoying it. So from there... We had the idea originally, and then we just had to convince our bosses to give us some money to buy some equipment and make it happen.
0: And has it um, brought you new audiences, or has it been another nice thing that you can do for your existing audience?
2: Yeah, I'd say, I'd say uh, most of the people that listen to, as of right now anyway, are ex- our existing audience. People that we've talked to on Twitter all the time or people that comment on The Nation. It's, it's a lot of familiar faces for sure.
1: It definitely brings us closer to them. We have segments in the podcast like Ask the Idiots where people can just ask us anything they want to regardless of what it is and we will answer it. So it brings us a little bit closer to the people that listen to us and the people that read Oilers Nation. And it's just another outlet for them
2: to get in touch with us.
0: There's been a real boom in hockey podcasts in Edmonton lately. What do you think accounts for that?
2: Um, again, just the the fervent fan base, I guess. People just want any kind of Oilers information they can get, any kind of Oilers opinions and but there's a lot of people in the city have a lot of opinions on the Oilers, so there's uh, there's more than enough to go around for for people to record their own podcasts. So it's uh, it's pretty cool for such a, a small, you know, considered such a small market team that there's just so many different outlets that you can go to in terms of blogs and podcasts in the city.
0: And I guess the only way they used to be able to do that a long time ago was call into the radio station. Yeah, absolutely. And then if they wanted to put in the work, they could make. Their own blog, yeah. But now there's so much more.
2: Yeah, it's it's so accessible these days. It's so easy for just anyone to to pick up a microphone and even just plug it into your computer and just and just talk for you know 20 minutes, half an hour, however long. So it's uh, I like I like it as an outlet. I I in I I enjoy writing, but I find it easier just to s- spill verbally into a microphone for an hour hour a week. So <laughs> I uh, I definitely see the appeal of it for a lot of people.
0: I notice it's not that it it's not as spilly as some of them, right? Right, Like you guys have some structure, you've got segments, you've got certain bits and things that happen. Is that because you kind of know how to do media?
2: Um, I think so. I think a lot of it we, we just kind of stole from just radio shows that we like, Howard Stern, or just other podcasts that we listen to that are kind of produced by more professional people. So yeah, like you said, it's it's segments. It's here's a topic, talk about it for a little bit, then move on rather than just, yeah, rambling on and on and on about the same thing for 40 straight minutes <laughs> or whatever.
1: I think we do a good job of understanding that people's attention spans generally pretty short. So we do keep things moving along pretty quickly and uh like you I, and as we keep going on and on we keep dialing it in and refining and oh, i think the podcast keeps getting better and better but
2: we got a lot of complaints early on that i talked way too much so i've been trying to <laughs> dial that back down every week yeah, you, you spread it around a little bit you talk too much i talk too quiet yeah
0: do you like it best when you have a guest or do you like it when you guys are kind of riffing among you
2: um I think again, because we we've we've done twenty five of them now, so we're getting every week we seem to get better and better. I found myself at first when we had a guest in, I felt it was a little more the just like the kind of the the camaraderie that we have between the three of us was kind of lost a little bit because we were trying to be respectful of the guests. but I think now that we've gotten more comfortable, I think it's it's gotten a lot better with guests, we're including them in the conversation a lot more and uh acting as if like they're just one of us on here so uh um I think they both have their charms. I like it when we're just the, kind of just the three of us just kind of making fun of each other for an hour. But it's also <laughs> fun to have just, especially some of the cool guests we have on, like Reed Wilkins or Eric Johnson, just having, like, just different insight from people that we really respect and like. I like it a lot.
1: I think with, like like Gene Short says, we have guests like Reed Wilkins who comes in here, and he knows that this is kind of how we podcast. It's really informal. It's off the cuff. And when they join in and play along, it just makes for Better fake radio, in my opinion.
0: <laughs> um, hockey season doesn't really end anymore, right? Because no. there's the draft and then there's whatever. It just seems like it keeps going yeah, until yeah. they're playing games again. But do you, do you think you'll take a break over the weekend or over the summer, rather?
2: Um, I hope so. I was looking forward to it last year. And then that golden ticket uh, today, the anniversary of it today, that golden ticket got turned around and we had uh, Carmen David fall into our lap and everything took off like a rocket. We were yeah. busier. I can tell we were busier last summer than we were all of last season. So, uh, this year probably won't be nearly as exciting. So hopefully it'll slow down a little bit. But yeah, we, we always find ways to keep ourselves busy all summer, no matter what.
1: Yeah, because we do do so much. That just isn't Oilers Nation related. For as example, we do all the marketing for Oodle Noodle as well. So we just kind of switch hats. Right. When the season ends, we'll start focusing more on Oodle Noodle promo this summer, filming stuff for them, creating content for them, and uh, just having fun, trying to see what we can do this summer. To answer your question, though, I would like to take a break. I'd (laughs) like to just disappear for a week. Yes, absolutely. But who knows if that'll happen or not.
0: Well, from your mouth to the boss's ears, maybe. (laughs) One of the things that happened on Oilers Nation this year was you decided to not allow anonymous comments anymore. What was the reason behind that?
1: Honestly, I felt like it was time to get rid of them because it had turned into, from turning it had turned into a place where people were talking about hockey into something completely different. It got dark. It was a cesspool of just negativity because what I found was people had the ability to just roll either their username, their IP address to keep themselves more anonymous. And it really didn't give us much control on who was um, saying whatever they wanted essentially. So eventually it just got to be so negative that I got tired of it. Uh, I was tired of reading it and I was tired of dealing with it. So I just kicked them all out And now you have to have a registered account to be able to comment and, and it gives us much better control yeah, over
2: who's in there Since we don't have a full-time moderator It's it's very hard to keep track of of some of the stuff like a lot of stuff would sneak through so now without with the Getting rid of anonymous comments, it's filtered out a lot of the nonsense that we were having to deal with before. And I mean, people that sign up don't really have much to say as is, so it was even worse when it was just anonymous people popping in being able to say whatever they wanted, basically.
1: I I would wake up to emails sometimes where somebody had dropped something in the comments at three in the morning when no one's awake, and we just all as a collective thought it was time and we were over it. So it was time to have more control over what was going on there.
0: It doesn't mean you have to re- use your real name, though. You just no. have to be registered so that just you... Just a valid
1: email address. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, yeah, essentially you just need a, a valid email address. You sign up with whatever name you want, really. Um, but it gives me more control, like I said, to, you know, if Johnny Pucks is causing a ruckus, I can give him the bunt, the punt if I want. So he will have to sign up for a new email address and do the whole spiel over again if he really wants to be annoying.
0: Right. I would still say that hockey blogs are one of the last places where there remains a robust conversation in the comments. Like a lot of the conversation has moved to Facebook and Twitter on the other kinds of blogs. Why do you think that is?
1: I think with people just, it's easily accessible. I mean, when you got Facebook on your phone and you've signed up to all these groups, you can just jump in there from literally wherever you are. I mean, you could do the same with blogs, but when you already have a... Facebook account, like 99% of the people do, it makes it super easy to. And on Twitter,
2: it's just kind of like instant feedback almost. Like you say whatever you say, and then people usually will just like have their own opinions or a little retweet or whatever. Whereas on a, like a message board or a comment section, sometimes you have to wait, or sometimes things get lost in the shuffle a little bit easier. But like I said, I think with us, uh, why the comments are still so robust is that, like I said, it's a community. So people like talking to people that they know or arguing with people that they're familiar with, rather than just like having strangers being able to chime in and say their two cents on, say, you know Twitter. Yeah, so yeah. they use it for different I things. I
1: mean, if you want to jump in and argue with Jason Kreger, there's a good chance that he will respond yeah. to you. So. Yeah. You know, you see him on a bus, you argue him with on a <laughs> website. It, it's fun for everybody.
0: Why do you think there's such an insatiable appetite for media about the Oilers when the team has been so bad for so long?
1: It's funny, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this Gene George said it a couple of times, this fan base is so just rabid. It's like it's the only thing we have here. I know there's the Eskimos, but it seems like they're almost an afterthought in most people's minds. The Oilers are always at the forefront, whether it's July or October or November, and it just creates a 365 appetite for news, regardless of whether there's news actually happening or not.
2: And just compared to um, a lot of other Canadian hockey cities, I guess, like Edmonton more so than most of them, the Oilers are tied into our de- uh, identity, like our, our our provincial identity, our our municipal identity. So there's a lot of pride in being an Oilers fan, even though again they've been super super bad. But people still people still wear wear that crest with pride. So uh, it just yeah, it's 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 a little bit crazy sometimes at how much support this team still does have.
0: If they were actually good next year, oh,
2: man. <laughs>
0: do you
1: think you could handle it? I don't know.
2: <laughs> it'll, be, it'll definitely be different just in the way we approach the team, I guess.
1: And I, I, honestly, I don't even know how to answer the question because yeah. for
2: as long as I've
1: been blogging, podcasting, tweeting, anything, the weather's been bad, so I don't know
2: how I'll act. <laughs> we when don't know good. any other way. <laughs> I,
1: we honestly don't. I've never written a positive season review or anything about an Oilers season because there just hasn't been one.
0: Well, let's hope we have that problem soon. Absolutely. What's next for you guys? What are you looking forward to um, accomplishing here?
1: Well, I'm looking forward to uh, growing the company more so than it even is. Growing our podcast. I think it's starting to get a lot of wheels now. It's starting to get more popular. We're con- we're consistently ranking highly on iTunes and their sports podcasts and things like that. So for me, the focus of the summer going into next season is twofold one will be to get ready for next season like we create gifs and create video content and then secondly will be to figure out what we're going to talk about for the podcast all summer and then trying to grow it as we continue into next season
2: Yeah, I think there's a there's an unfulfilled market in terms of some some hockey content that I would really like to be the first one to get into. And I won't get into too many details right now because a lot of it's still just ideas and don't want to don't want to give away too many secrets. But, yeah, I definitely have a lot of ideas for how we can kind of expand pretty rapidly here over the next couple of years and really, really feel feel like a, a niche that I think is being very under fulfilled right now.
0: Awesome. I'll look forward to that. So we'll take a break and when we come back, we'll hear about the local blogs or podcasts that the fellows recommend.
3: This episode of Seen and Heard in Edmonton is brought to you by Alberta Beer Festivals, which is putting on the Edmonton Craft Beer Festival on June 3rd and 4th at the Edmonton Expo Center. And I'm here with Dylan Stesek of Alberta Beer Festivals to tell us all about it. It seems like there's been a huge surge in interest in craft beer in Alberta. What do you think accounts for that?
4: I think people are just starting to become more more educated on what is available. Um, you know, five or ten years ago, you'd heard only probably one or two um, big craft breweries. Um, as people started to realize what actually goes into the beer and that it is more of an art form. Um, I thought people started really uh, taking a liking to that.
3: I've never been to a beer festival. What do people do at such things?
4: It's definitely for people who are looking to find your new favorites. As well as having sampling um, with all the you know, 100 plus breweries, we also have cooking with beer seminars, uh, where we have chefs come in and kind of do uh, beer recipes on, on beer butt chicken, uh, a variety of dishes. We have brewmaster seminars. And then we also have uh, ATV Financial Beer University, um, but it's um, education on the grains to glass.
3: Tickets are available at com, and if people use the promo code KIDS15, they'll get 15% off the ticket price, and $4 of that will go to Kids Upfront. Why did you make that partnership with Kids Up Front?
4: We've always actually had a good uh, relationship with charities for all of our events. Um, when we moved up to Edmonton four years ago, uh, Kids Up Front had been a good relationship that we had had in Calgary, and uh, we really like kind of what they do.
3: Thanks so much, Dylan. Get your tickets to the Edmonton Craft Beer Festival at albertabeerfestivals.com, and remember to use the promo code KIDS15, KIDS15, to save money and help out a good cause.
0: Okay, we're back. So, Gene Shorts, Bag Malk, what else do you like to read or listen to?
1: I read a lot. I read, well, I read, um, obviously, everything that goes on The Nation is just a biased answer. But, uh, I mean, Low Tide's got his own blog that I read that I read a lot. Some of the media guys are great. Rob Joukowsky's great. I read him a lot. Um, I read the other sites in the network just to see what they're doing. What are they doing well that we can do? What are we doing well that maybe we can recommend that they do? Uh, just your your standard mainstream media stuff, like Elliot Friedman, I know tomorrow is going to have 30 thoughts go up on Sportsnet, and that's always you look forward to that every week. The insider stuff, I always love reading.
2: Um, just the major stuff that everybody's reading, I'm reading as well. I like, uh, Down Goes Brown a lot. He, uh, I think he has a similar style to us where it's kind of more entertainment and humor rather than just straight up hockey analysis, which I like a lot. It's a, it's always a really fun read. And then, yeah, all the guys that Bag Milk also mentioned. Puck Daddy's always good. They always have some yeah. good stuff on Puck Daddy. Yeah. Deadspin. Deadspin's my go-to every day.
0: Are the things that you like reading most on Oilers Nation different from the things that your audience seems to like best or is it about the same?
1: It's funny you'll you'll have segments of the readers that are that come to the website only for the the analytical stuff. Like Jonathan Willis writes a lot of stuff using fancy stats. So does Low Tide, Matt Henderson. So we'll have a segment of the our readers that come just for that. And then we'll have another segment that comes for the ridiculousness that I write and the contests that we put up or the videos that Gene Shorts makes or the strange concepts for segments that Chris comes up with. It's It really just depends person to person some people read everything some don't it just it's nice to have so many flavors of information that regardless of what you're into we'll we've got something covered for you
0: um if you had if someone said okay I want to start blogging or podcasting about the oilers there's a lot in that space already what advice would you have for that person
2: just do it. Just go and do it. Especially if it's a blog or a podcast, like I said, something that's super accessible. You can do it in your own home. Just do it. There's no. There's no one's going to offer you like, hey, you should start a blog. Or you just have to do it yourself, and then keep doing it, keep doing it, and then once you find your voice and once you get good enough, people will start to find you, you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of blogs out there I find that really, really press hard to, like, please RT and please read me and please read me, which I find is a kind of, uh, turns people off a little bit from your site. So just tr- grow it naturally. Just, like, keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. It's a 10000 hours series, right? If you do th- something for 10,000 hours, generally you're supposed to get pretty good at it by that point. <laughs> so you just got to keep doing it, keep doing it, keep practicing, keep keep finding your own voice, and then, you know, eventually maybe someone will hire you. Eventually maybe your blog will blow up, your podcast will blow up. Just Just keep doing it just 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 do it just don't wait just do it
1: i would also say if you're expecting to make money blogging just yeah. stop
2: yeah don't <laughs> yeah don't you're, expect that at you're all.
1: not going to make any money um another th- another piece of advice i would put out there is if you love a blog like if you love low tide reach out to him have a conversation with him he's a super nice guy and chances are he'll answer you essentially how jean shorts and i got into contact with the Weathers Nation was by reaching
2: out to the founder, Wanya So He reached out to us, actually, at first. he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still have that email. He reached out to us <laughs> first, and then everything kind of spiraled spiraled from there. And here Life, we are.
1: Life's about networking. Yeah. Reach out to the people that you admire or you want to talk to. Um, from all my interactions with any media person or whatever that I've come into contact with, they've all been super nice. There's nobody scary out there. So if you want to blog... You know, you can email me, ask a question. But like Gene Short says, the, really the most important thing is just do it. Yeah. Stop waiting. Just do it.
2: There's no, there's no A to B path from getting from starting your blog to being paid to be a sports writer or a radio host or whatever. There's a million and one different ways to get to, to certain different things. So just, you know, do it and just go with the flow.
1: Like as an example, um, we hired Matt Henderson as a writer last year, and it was he was doing his own thing. When we just liked what he did, and asked if he wanted to join the team, and he was all for it. So sometimes just putting your stuff out there, if it's good enough, it will get noticed.
0: Well, I'm going to personally thank you for it because he's my favorite Oilers Nation writer. So there you go. That's a good way to end. Thank you guys for talking to me today. So make sure you subscribe to the North by North Gretz uh, podcast in iTunes or SoundCloud. So you can hear Gene Shorts and Bag Milk and Chris the intern talk hockey. And visit OilersNation.com for literally everything you can think of about the Oilers, from analysis and and, uh, hardcore statistical stuff to Photoshopping Connor McDavid's head on everything. (laughs) You can find these guys on Twitter at JSBMJeanShorts and JSBMBagMilk. And these links and all the recommendations will be in the show notes at seenandheardyeg.com. Subscribe to my newsletter at seenandheardyeg.com for complete coverage of Edmonton's blogs and podcasts. And for updates on the local podcast network we're building, we'll be back in a week. Thanks for listening.